the, the, the story of the Exodus, as it's told in the Scriptures, is a story of, of, of God's power on display. It's been written that the story itself is a witness to the power of God. That God is more powerful than, than anyone who would make a claim against Him. So I invite you to turn your scriptures to uh, Exodus chapter 13 as we continue the story. And, and where we left off last week feels like it should have been the end of the struggle. The scripture tells us last week that, 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 that God had made a promise and, and Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh wouldn't listen to it. And, and, and God had made some, some claims and Pharaoh was in denial about it. And so what happened was that God passed over the homes of the Israelites. But he visited death upon the homes of the Egyptians. And the Egyptians were guilty. And that should have been the end of the battle, but... But wait, there's one more episode in it. It tells us in Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 and 18, when Pharaoh let the people go, God didn't lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though that was the shorter route. See, because there's, there's those times in our prayer lives with God in which we've said, which we've said God, this, I, I don't understand this. I don't understand this. See, because that's the, that's the easy way over there. That's the short route. That's the most direct route. Why am I over here? Why, am I, why, why do I feel like I'm having to go this way when this is clearly the answer? Lord, I'm praying for this. How come this is over here? And it says, it says God thought, if the people have to fight and face war, they will run back to Egypt. Here's the thing is, if God thinks it, then it's true. God knew. God knew what, what, what they were in denial about is that they weren't ready. They weren't ready to fight the Philistines. According to this, they weren't even ready to see like Philistines written on the exit sign of the highway they were on. That's what it says. It was, it was, it's like, I can't take them up 75 because they're going to see, uh, they're going to see Philistines like right there at 146. And so I got to go a different route. We're going to have, we're going to have to go some, some different way. Of course, they will be ready for a fight in 40 years, but not yet. It says, so God led the people by the roundabout way of the Reed Sea, which is also translated Red Sea, desert. The Israelites went up out of the land of Egypt ready for battle. This, this is where the story takes us. Is that God is leading them. So they camp outside, just outside of Egypt. And Pharaoh sees an opening. Because he hasn't learned his lesson yet about who's in control and who's powerful. And more powerful than he is. So he, he, uh, he, he rallies the troops, literally. He calls, he calls the chariots and he calls the army. He even gets the navy involved and he gets the air force and they're all out there and they're, they're, they're trying to catch up and they're on the way. And it says in the next chapter, chapter 14, verse 10, as Pharaoh drew closer, the Israelites looked back and saw the Egyptians marching toward them. The Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord. So they cry out to the Lord, but then they 
say to Moses, weren't there enough graves in Egypt that you took us away to die in the desert? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt like this? Didn't we tell you the same thing in Egypt? Leave us alone. Let us work for the Egyptians. And then, and then if that's not enough, they, they finish it off by saying, it would have been better for us to work for the Egyptians than to die in the desert. If, if there's ever been a case of revisionist history, if there's ever been a case of rewriting what happened, they weren't asking for these things, but here they are. Now, with, with, with Pharaoh's army behind them, crying out to God, but yelling at Moses when they do it, saying, we would be better off as slaves, abused and beaten in Egypt, than when we would be out here on, on the brink of perishing. In case you think that uh, someone that's close to you invented the, uh, the concept of killing the messenger, is this not what's happening here? M- Moses says, I, all I've done is what he's told me. Why are you yelling at me? But, but here's the truth, and I don't know how to summarize it or approximate it. And if I, were to, if I were to toss out a statistic, it'd be made up, but, but, I'll, but I'll try anyway. 100% of the time, and I'm within a couple of points, 100% of the time that, that someone is expressing anger towards you, 100% of the time, give or take, you hear me, I'm, I'm, I'm in the ballpark, you okay with that? Okay, 100% of the time that you are expressing anger to someone else, What's really happening is anger out here and fear in here. I mean, they're, they're mad at Moses and they're shaking their fist at God. But their anger is their way of expressing the fear that they have inside. I'm not saying you should do this because it probably won't help. But, if, but if, if you could get someone in the midst of their anger to answer the question, what are you afraid of? Then you would be on the way to healing. Then, then you'd be on the way to, 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 to getting some answers. You'd be on the way to getting an explanation for what's blowing up right in front of you. Because, because again, it's, it's only 10 out of 10 times that someone is angry based on the fact that, that, that inside they're afraid. I, I'm afraid for this to be my last day out here in the desert. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that, that all the plans I have for tomorrow and the day after aren't going to come into being. 
I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to keep my promises. I'm, not going to, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to stay in control. I'm afraid because I can't see what's going to happen next. I'm not certain. I'm afraid. But instead it sounds like... I mean, the, the, the actual original language, they, they use the words dummy head and loser. Moses! You're not a leader, you're a loser, and you're so dumb. can't believe you. Moses says to the people, verse 13. See, they're, they're, they're angry, and what's his response? Don't be afraid. Stand your ground and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never ever see again the lord will fight for you you just keep still and then if, and then if you'll hold right there it's it's worth it's worth connecting the dots these words do not be afraid are the same words that are used every single time an angel greets that's right every single time an angel greets a human being in the biblical story We've talked about it before. I mean, the best example is is Mary, greeted by an angel nine months before Christmas. And the first words out of the angel's mouth are, do not be afraid. Why? Because she was afraid. And you would be too. I, I mean, angel walks in like this. But here, Moses' words are this reminder that every time we speak a word of assurance, every time we encourage someone, every time we remind someone that there is a God who's in control, who's looking out on our behalf, and that we have nothing to fear, every time we say those words, we, like Moses, are literally the voice of angels in that person's life. Don't raise your hands because it's every one of you. How many people from time to time have needed someone to stop us to say, Scott, don't be afraid. Verse 15, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to get moving. As for you, lift your shepherd's rod, stretch out your hand over the sea, and split it into two so that the Israelites can go into the sea on dry ground. This is the the way that God will deliver them. It says, fast-forwarding to verse 28, The waters returned and covered the chariots and the cavalry, Pharaoh's entire army that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. The Israelites, however, walked on dry ground through the sea. The waters formed a wall for them on their right hand and on their left. This, this is the word of God for we the people of God, and we say together, 
Thanks be to God. This is the story of how God finally delivers his people from Pharaoh and Pharaoh's army and those who were, who were, who were seeking to catch up on them. This, this, is the, this is the story that stands witness to the power of God and how God has this power, and we can't explain it, how God has this power to literally take the story and reverse it. To, t- to take the hierarchy and say, no, 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 you, you, you got it backwards. The one who thinks he's in control has no sense of control. And the one who thinks that all is lost is now elevated. This is how God changes the world. And, he, and here I am, here I am standing on my spot. And, and the thing is, I don't need a prop. I need a prop for this next thing because, because we all have the ability to do it on your own. See, I, 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 I reach up and I turn my hand just so and I begin to adjust the rear view mirror. You know, not, not those fancy cars that have the ones that do it themselves with a computer. I'm talking about the old American clunker, right? And you reach up and you grab it and you adjust it just so. And right then, right there on the shore of the Red Sea, I'm looking back on 400 years of slavery. I'm looking back on 400 years of oppression. I'm looking back on 400 years of being treated like I don't even control my life 400 years and i'm I'm standing on dry ground and all i see behind me are chariots bobbing to the surface unmanned because the god who said to my ancestor abraham i will make a way for you kept his promise. And if I look a little closer, I see my own past. I see all the wounds the world has inflicted. I I see all the scars that are self-inflicted. I see those moments in which I think I'm never going to get around this. I see the list by the hundreds of episodes in which I cannot believe I did that or I said that, and there's no way that I'm going to get out of that, and yet here I am standing on this spot. Take stock for a moment where you stand on the journey. Look back in the rearview mirror at all that you've passed through. And all that, that tried to nip at your heels, all that, tried, all that tried to knock you down, all that tried to claim ownership over you. Only now to have it at the bottom of the sea.
Is, is there any wonder? Is there any wonder Paul, a thousand years later, would proclaim? Who will separate us from Christ's love? Romans 8. Will we be separated by trouble or distress or, or harassment or famine or nakedness or danger or sore? Oh, no! I'm thinking as he writes it, he's, 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 he's either shaking or he's shouting or he's singing. He says, he says in all these things, we will win a sweeping victory through the one who loved us. I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not death or life, not angels or rulers, not present things or future things, not not powers or height or depth or any other thing that is created. I'm standing in this spot and I am compelled by the Spirit of God, to look back and say, I thought that was going to take me down, and it didn't. And if my past is any indication of my future, then I'm thankful. I I believe the gospel calls us to take stock of where we stand. Right now. The spot you are in. And to look back and realize that God has had you all along. Let's pray. Gracious God, by your goodness, we are able to look back. It's, 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 by, it's, it's by your power that we're able to recall. You are so good. And that our thanksgiving is just the start of how you have called us to respond. To live with faith. Because the ways you have delivered in the past are just a foretaste of what you have in store for us in the future. Lord, we're blessed. Help us to appreciate in this very spot the ways that your power is on display. This we pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen.